Before we start the show, if you want more stock talking, check out my newsletter at tinyletter.com slash bbrostoff or visit postcoronastocks.com. You can find me on Twitter at at BMB21. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Stock Talking, an exploration of financial markets in the context of the post-corona world. COVID-19 has changed the way we value equity, debt, and business as a whole. My goal is to find great companies who can thrive in the new normal. I can't wait to get started. All right. Welcome to another episode of Stock Talking, our first emergency podcast. Uh, This one was requested heavily by many listeners uh, as we are living in a simulation, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Just insane movements. Nothing like I've ever seen in GameStop, AMC, and basically anything Wall Street Bets recommends. There's no one better to talk about it. Uh, In fact, someone who has been talking about uh, this out-of-the-money call phenomenon uh, for months, actually. So someone who probably uh, predicted had a good idea this might happen, but everybody, the impervious, Sean Bush, welcome back to the show for an emergency podcast. The alarms are blaring or the, the klaxons are flaring. Hide your wife, hide your kids, and hide your Robin Hood account. Otherwise, I'll hide it for you. Okay. I mean, there's, there's so much to break down here. I'll start with the obvious question, I suppose, for anyone who's living under a rock. What's been happening with GameStop? Why is this thing up 1,800% in the last couple of days? Well, first of all, you know, there's a phenomenon when, you know, they're talking about it on Good Morning America. And maybe that's more a symptom of nothing else going on. But yeah, the last time we we chatted, we were talking about this phenomenon of the short squeeze. Uh, So basically what's going on with GameStop is that uh, it is or was maybe still be the most shorted stock in the market with over 100% of the float uh, sold short. Uh, so I don't know how it gets to over 100% or why that is legal in all this talk about what is legal or illegal. But anyways, uh, Wall Street Bets, which everyone in their grandmother has heard about by now, uh, caught on to this. And this is not one individual, but a bunch of internet trolls. Um, and that's, that's probably a, a kinder way to refer to them than they would even refer to themselves, uh, caught on to this. So when you have a, a naked short seller, as you have in this case, they basically short a stock by selling to start instead of buying or selling shares they own. So they sell shares that they don't own with an intention to buy back later at a lower price. Well, in this instance, a tremendous amount of these short sellers were caught in what's called a short squeeze. So as the price begins to move up, uh, all of that short float needs to be covered, meaning that that stock needs to be bought to close out that short trade. Well, what we had is you know what was a pretty impressive short squeeze to begin with that turned into an absolute phenomenon and there's a couple of different things at play but that's the basic thesis there so we saw GameStop basically uh, double each day uh, with some pretty amazing moves intraday and probably some of the highest premiums I've definitely ever seen and may ever see on different options and there's another dimension of this play which we can get into a little bit later uh, with the gamma squeeze something we've talked about before where when a lot of people buy a lot of call options and especially if all those call options end up in the money then whoever sold those calls whether it's a market maker or hedge fund 
who is now short calls, has to buy the underlying stock to hedge all of those calls. So all of this wrapped up with the sort of weird feedback loop of shorts continuing to try and short GameStop as it goes up leads us to where we are this week where the phenomenon has either become so profitable or so out of control, I guess depending on which side of this trade you are on, that we have brokers basically, and particularly Robinhood, uh, preventing traders from buying any of these stocks. And actually started earlier this week with raising the margin requirements and today sort of take a a, a new ridiculous turn with uh, just outright prevention of, of trading and these tickers not being available on certain brokers. And it wasn't just GameStop. Uh, AMC is the latest one. And Nokia, notably, also uh, was starting a, a predictably similar uh, parabolic move on absolutely no news other than the fact that it is a penny stock uh, with, with a bit of short float. So even since the last time we talked a week ago, it's almost like the entire market dynamic has shifted. Even crypto, I've not even heard Bitcoin whispered uh, since uh, GameStop has, has entered the, the minds and mouths of anyone who talks about anything. So this seems to have captivated everyone's attention, but also it has commanded a tremendous amount of volume elsewhere and around in other places. But it does feel like uh, strange things are afoot in the market. So uh, what do you make of all this, Ben? I, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I do think it's become a cultural sensation. Uh, I mean, the White House feeling the need to weigh in on it. So I, I have no idea in terms of the politics. You can't stop people from trading. But as you said, oh, actually, you can. Uh, you know, I, I did hear on Robinhood today and TD Ameritrade, you were not able to trade AMC or GME on their respective platforms. Um, some pretty interesting questions. I mean, Robinhood itself, I think they were playing the IPO later this year. So I think for their business, there's a lot of things they have to answer for. The thing I'm thinking about is how does this play out? I mean, I think the, the future of it is as, as exciting as where we've already been. The thing I've been thinking about a ton is it seems like a lot of the shorts have been washed out. Uh, I mean, I, I watched a video on Twitter of Andrew Left from Citron Capital, who originally put out a short thesis on GameStop. As a quick aside, uh, I recommend people research this guy. It's not like he's a bad writer or has bad opinions, but he has been completely wrong the number of calls he made. Uh, I, I'll throw out um, Credit Acceptance Corp. I think he wanted to short the stock in like the 200s. has been totally wrong on that. NVIDIA, that's probably his worst one. He said it was a casino stock in the 160s. Completely wrong. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to completely throw Citron in the mud because I think they do some good work. Um, but clearly here, he was completely wrong on, on GameStop. May have been right on the fundamentals. Um, but obviously, fundamentals are only half the game. Um, as we know from having you on this podcast all the time, uh, price action matters a ton. Volume matters a ton. Uh, where people are positioned for options trades matters a lot. So Citron's been wiped out. Probably the one everybody knows about that's more significant is Melvin Capital. Uh, you know, hedge fund, uh, I don't even know what's happening with that. I mean, I, I think they lost like 30% of their capital on, on that trade. I, I think they're washed out by this point. Um, there's discussion of like Citadel is playing in this. Uh, you know, Shimoth, as everybody knows on Twitter, uh, the, the man of the SPACs in social capital uh, was taking the long side of the trade. I've read rumors that like Wall Street bets actually isn't driving this trade. There are hedge funds who are using Wall Street bets and, and trading GameStop actively um, to you know, manipulate the price. So 
without a break, I always say this for all trading things, without a breakdown of every buy and sell in the entire ledger, you'll ever be able to make heads or tails of anything. One thing that comes to mind for, uh, for people who remember this, uh, the flash crash of a couple of years ago, yeah, they had an entire uh, con- congressional commission investigate it. And if you read the report, it's like they didn't really find anything. I mean, there, there's some speculation about what people were doing with some options instruments, but th- there's no definitive way to say this is what caused the flash crash. So our markets are, are deeply disturbed. Uh, if you're a long-term investor, it doesn't matter. But if, if you're trading for the short term, uh, definitely watch out. So that's my, my uh, high-level take on it. I, I want to throw it back to you because I think the shorts are washed out, but maybe a lot of the float is still short. I actually don't have numbers on that. Maybe you know, but like, where do is does GameStop have room to run? Like, if you had to guess at it, how high does this thing go? Well, to, to your point, I think this has long been out of the hands of of retail investors in Robinhood. Uh, but first and foremost, I think this points to the fact that you know we've debated whether or not retail and Robinhood does have a material impact on the market. Uh, with a lot, a lot of names like Tesla seem to be uh, pumped in a legal manner uh, that does not involve speech, apparently. Uh, and I think at this point we can basically definitively say that there is, uh, at least some amount to move the needle with some of these names. But once something gets going like this and you have, you know, multi-million blocks of out of the money calls on GameStop being traded, especially when you can't trade it, you know, on any of the, the brokers, especially Robinhood, that's a good indication that there is an institutional play. So it's, it's in the hands of much bigger players, I would say, at this point. But, you know, I, where does it go from here if, if they just never stepped in and manipulated, you know, the ability to trade the stock eventually would get to a point where there's just no longer another buyer. There's no bid and it just eventually, you know, price collapses. And I think most of the shorts had the opportunity to cover today. And if they didn't, then they deserve to be uh, completely fleeced of, of any, any holdings they have. Um, but I was under the impression the number for uh, Melvin to bankrupt was somewhere around GameStop 175. And yes, they got staked by Citadel. And of course, there's other short sellers that were probably in there that got uh, pretty rocked. But I think when we look at where does it go from here, I think it is so much bigger than GameStop, even though you know, that, that is where all the eyes and attention are. And so look no further than the action on the SPX this, this week. Uh, started Monday with a really sharp and sudden sell-off. And rumor has it that some degree of that selling uh, was Melvin and other short sellers having to uh, liquidate some of their holdings to cover the margin calls from all those shorts that got blown out because it wasn't just GameStop, you know, take, take any heavily shorted name. It started uh, running up pretty significantly. So the damage to short sellers was pretty far and wide. Uh, And that sharp move was, was quickly bought up. uh, But we saw on Wednesday, some more heavy selling while a lot of these heavily shorted names and dare I say meme stock uh, were going gangbusters. And so there's a, a direct correlation here, basically, between GameStop's parabolic rise and continued weakness in the general market. So if, you know, this, this continues, at least, you know, the op- opposition to letting this run its course, uh, then I think there is going to continue to be demand for these stocks as soon as they are unhalted, you know, just like we're seeing after hours now, uh, some of these names like AMC, especially GameStop, uh, have ticked up after 
um, selling off significantly on the day, but not anywhere close to where they started the week. And so there's basically been a rotation, but not from growth to value, just basically from any, any good stock into the worst stocks possible. And this is a interesting phenomenon that really just illustrates sort of the decoupling of the equities from, from the underlying there. So I talked last week a little bit about how, you know, without using these words, because knock on wood, um, you know, it's a good way to make sure it doesn't happen. But the top does appear to be in at least short term, you know, for a market that hasn't had a correction in a while. And we've seen just about every potential catalyst come and go, whether it's the election, uh, you know, COVID news, the inauguration that only seemed to pump the market. But wouldn't it be just wildly ironic if it takes, you know, this, this GameStop short squeeze and the butterfly effect of different short funds getting blown out and having to sell their holdings to really just be the, the gentle nudge that the market needs to sort of, you know, collapse under the, the sort of weakness of, of at least, you know, where prices are having run up a bit. So that's not to say that, you know, this is the end of the market or the end of this bull run, but I think there is a significant amount of risk uh, elsewhere outside of GameStop. So somehow it seems like a safe play to buy the dip uh, there. And certainly there's, there's better names than GameStop. But with everyone, you know, looking one way in the other direction, a lot of the names like Tesla, I feel like are finally ripe for that potential short trade, uh, especially with this earning weeks having come, come and gone. And we basically saw a collective shrug to all of the biggest names on Wall Street uh, reporting earnings this week. Apple having, you know, the best smartphone earnings of all time. It closed down today, almost $5. There's just really not much interest in, I guess, the, the blue chip names when you have so many new shiny uh, objects where you can potentially double, triple, quadruple your money overnight. Uh, so, you know, I'm sure that probably breaks your heart seeing such great earnings be ignored, Ben. Yeah, listeners, I, I may have taken the exact wrong side of this trade if, if it continues persisting. But I mean, we can get into the numbers, but like Microsoft, ServiceNow, Apple, Facebook, all had incredible quarters. Like, I mean, you're, you're talking, as a quick example, like Microsoft grew Xbox subscribers by 20%, not annualized. That was in a quarter. Annualized like 80% plus. Um, Apple had the best quarter in its history. ServiceNow, another blowout quarter where it beat EPS and revenue. Uh, Facebook, you know, despite some headwinds, and they did mention Apple as a, a significant competitor, continues to grow 30% and have ridiculous cash flow margins. I mean, a 1,000 basis point increase in free cash flow margins. They announced they're buying back stock. Like, tech earnings exceeded my wildest expectations, so I did go and buy all my favorite tech names. And then I sold... Uh, potentially a, a meme. Well, I have a tertiary meme stock. So I told you about this. And I, I think it's a pretty incredible after effect of the whole uh, first couple of days of this week. So AMC was kind of the other one, you know, whatever it was up like 200 or 300%, I think in a single day. And so all the movie stocks uh, pretty much went uh, north. Um, at one point, NCMI, National City Media, I was just talking about a ton of this podcast was up about 30%. So ironically, uh, AMC is the one movie name I don't own because I think it has the worst credit profile. And I think it should have filed for bankruptcy. I actually think it's doing equity holders and debt holders a major disservice by continuing to chug along like this. So AMC, I mean, this is separate from why it was up so much, but it did raise $900 million in capital, combination of debt and equity that was extremely dilutive. I have no idea uh, who's willing to be on the other side of this trade. 
But AMC CEO saying they're they're going to survive, and of course the vaccination story seems to kind of be playing out in a, in a halfway decent way. So I, AMC might not have to file for Chapter Eleven. Uh, all of this, of course, has nothing to do with why the stock just completely skyrocketed um, as kind of the second uh, domino to fall on the GameStop story. GameStop being the first, but I mean it was shocking to me to see uh, Cinemark, NCMI. Um, and IMAX up like double digit percent. And it wasn't just that, uh, a bunch of other kind of stocks that are kind of on the more back to work spectrum, you know, big lots is one I own, um, Yelp, like all were up about 10% plus. And it was, as you said, SAS and the fang names that really were, uh, getting hit. So something is something strange is afoot in the market. I'm not sure what it is. Um, the thing I was going to say with National Cine Media was like the implied volatility was so insane in that name. You know, I think at one point it was over 200%. I was able to sell 750 calls when the stock hit uh, $5. So $7.50, that's a 50% up move from where it was uh, for like a 40 cent premium. So I'm getting a 5% yield and giving myself 50% upside with about 23 days to expiration. It was a, um, a February call. So it's like, when the IV is that high in names, uh, it's insane. I think there's actually a chance if you're comfortable with it and you have some longs you want to kind of uh, hedge and take off the table, I, I do not recommend short selling or, or selling volatility without uh, being collateralized. But it, it, you're selling volatility for an absurd price. I, I mean, I, I wanted to, to tell this story too. I have a friend who uh, made a really interesting trade in GameStop that almost appears as close to a riskless trade as you could possibly get. So this guy sold puts um, for GameStop. So it's a long trade, but he sold puts at a 50 cent strike. So GameStop has more than $6.50 of cash on the balance sheet. They may issue more equity and raise more cash. So there's a very, I mean, GameStop is not, they're in secular decline, but there's no liquidity issue here. They're not a um, a chapter 11 candidate. So anyways, uh, sells the right to sell at 50 cents. So he, he is long but got about like seven or eight cents, I think, um, for those contracts. So, you know, was able to basically hold like $30,000 in cash collateral um, and made about three grand uh, just by selling those. So it's like, that's a 10% yield on a, essentially a riskless trade because the implied volatility is so high. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I think GameStop's IV was like 700%. So I mean, we're at the point where like in a very short time frame, you're expecting up and down moves of 100%. So unbelievable uh i i am almost speechless i still i wonder how long it can last i mean you, you think i'm not saying it's comparable to tesla but i think tesla probably went four or five times higher than most people expected um you know in the history of the market like there's been stories like this before i mean uh gamestop's not exceeded it but uh i read a lot about dry ships from a couple of years ago shipping company um that got squeezed 1500 percent up so this happens sometimes and nobody knows when it's going to end. And I especially think with the psychology of HODL, which, you know, appears to have really taken like Barstool and Wall Street Bets by storm, you have, it's almost encouraged to kind of have these diamond hands, never sell mentality. So you, you brought up uh, when you're, you're talking earlier, like it ends uh, when there's no bid on the market. I don't know if we'll ever get, the, I don't know if we'll ever have any sellers for some of these stocks. So I don't know what it's going to take uh, to shake the GameStop longs out. Um, I have no idea how it's going to play out. I, I, do you have any thoughts on like how this story continues for the next couple of months or do, does this even last a month or is this like a weekly thing and we see GameStop crash? 
Well, I definitely do not think this is over. And, you know, I won't speak necessarily to, to GameStop. It has a mind of its own. And once you, you become sort of a, a speculative instrument, much as Tesla has, then uh, you're, it, it's just responding to price action and liquidity as it sort of comes in the market. So very difficult to, to trade that one in one. I, you know, full disclosure, haven't traded. But seeing how that was going, I definitely... Uh, had plenty of AMC at, at the right time. And I don't think the short squeeze trade is done. And we, we can refer to it as GameStop. But as you pointed out, there's any number of names that had uh, insane, you know, double digit returns, if not 100% plus returns, you know, that may have not gotten the same fanfare. But I think because the, the cat is out of the bag, Pandora's box has been opened, what have you, on the how lucrative this effect can be uh even if there isn't coordination just find a stock with a high amount of short float and you can expect that at this particular moment there is a lot of volume flooding in so i think that this is really the next phase of this speculative bubble is rotating into heavily shorted stocks. But you know, to your point about selling some calls there on National Cine Media, uh, I think you might be selling calls on the wrong stocks. And, and here's why. So I sold a, a call credit spread on Tesla ahead of earnings. Uh, a, a bit of a gamble, but you know, shorting Tesla just seemed seemed right with you know the the previous meme king basically being shunned uh, in favor of far inferior products, but it uh, doesn't really matter. New, new ticker, more upside potential. So you have all these big tech names, especially now that have run up significantly. You know, I think this is a great opportunity to sell calls, particularly on an Apple, uh, especially a Tesla. And any of these market leaders, you know, we saw a, a pretty solid rebound from a lot of the cloud SaaS plays that we like to trade. Uh, but I'll be looking to, you know, capitalize on premium from the stocks that I had like to trade on the way up. And the reason I think there is risk there capitalizing on the premium of, you know, some of these names that have had their uh, IV spike is because part of this phenomenon is driven by the nature of these options chains. Okay, so what's going on besides the short squeeze and what sort of happened with AMC and both GameStop is once you have the price run up a certain amount, right, these stocks had a very narrow call option chain, meaning that the highest strike on a call you could buy, you know, is maybe only 100% away from the current strike price. So these massive 100% moves, you could have a situation where every single call that is open closes the day in the money. So when that happens, and especially with AMC and GameStop, once it hits that, that level, so GameStop on Monday, that was 115, it just absolutely explodes because anyone that sold those calls now has to hedge uh, the calls that they sold short. So you'll see that delta hedging happening, especially after hours and before markets and having a huge amount of call interest on what are essentially penny stocks usually uh, creates the potential for that massive gamma squeeze if they can get over that top strike. Now, the next trading day, the, the options chain will be expanded, uh, but especially with something like Nokia, where there was over 3 million call options opened yesterday and it was halted uh, right before it could get to the $10 point. I think you know the market makers probably realized what was in store there. I think the strategy moving forward and how you can really capitalize on what's going on, I'm sure a lot of people feel like they missed out on of it. 
missed out on this trade. And instead of trying to chase GameStop, just find your favorite penny stock. And normally penny stocks are, are pretty difficult to trade just because there's pretty low liquidity. So uh, one, one player or market participant could come in and just move the price at will. But we're seeing a, a significant amount of volume coming into uh, any number of names. Um, and with that huge amount of volume, and a lot of this would be Robinhood traders and a lot of that stimmy finding its ways in the hands of, of genius brands and any number of weed stocks, uh, find one that is trading about you know, half of the highest strike in the options chain, uh, and especially one where you see a lot of volume coming in, and then just buy you know, a handful of those at the very end of the chain, give yourself a little bit of time, and then if that stock were to take off and eclipse that number that day, it's pretty much guaranteed to gap up overnight and you know be one of these runaway multi hundred percent moves so the name of the game isn't even you know i, I don't even know what half these companies make it's probably not important but if it meets the criteria of being a penny stock with volume with a very narrow options chain then you know someone has already figured that out and attacked it so i'm just trying to get in there you know before it's already made that parabolic move and that's the risk you get when when chasing a lot of these plays you know you don't know when it stops but you can very easily buy uh, a relative top and have a few sleepless nights before you know whether or not you'll be able to get out of it. So I think there is definitely an opportunity to front run a lot of these plays. And even on a day like today where, uh, you know, there was significant, you know, manipulation of any number of stocks and preventing them from continuing their moves, you know, this is still an opportunity probably to buy the dip on a lot of these you know, ridiculous names. So, you know, you, you, what you're looking for is basically the worst of the worst uh, the more short interest, the better. But if it is a penny stock and you can get in some, you know, relatively close to the money uh, calls that are at the end of the chain, then, you know, that that is going to be one of the stocks that will blow up. So, you know, just to throw out a couple names, uh, you know, I mentioned Genius Brands. There's one for you. Uh, SNDL, Sundial Growers. It's uh, literally a penny stock trading just below a dollar. Not too dissimilar from Hexo, which was below a dollar. Much of the summer is now trading about five dollars. Uh, X Spa, I think they do airport spas. Uh, also very narrow uh, options chain. NAKD has been one that's you know very Wall Street bets uh, was halted on many uh, platforms today. And you know just again pick your your favorite meme stock. And if you've seen someone in the comment section on the internet mention it, then there's a good chance that you know, there, there's a significant amount of just retail money coming that way. And I think my favorite play coming up right now is silver. You know, there's quite a bit of call option sweeps on silver. And in particular, uh, AG, First Majestic Silver, uh, a silver miner with a significant amount of short interest uh, was up basically 30% today. Uh, and is moving after hours. So that cross-section of I like the metals play moving forward, I think commodities are going to be the next bubble once all of this sort of settles down. And even if there is uh, a down move in equities, um, and especially once the dollar starts moving down. So finding that intersection between heavily shorted and uh, a precious metal where I like the fundamental play is just sort of the, the perfect sweet spot there. But silver also heavily shorted. I've even seen some chatter that Wall Street Bets is looking that direction. So uh, I just seeking alpha 10 hours ago, Reddit crowd takes aim at silver. I think what we got to do is uh, just create a screen that runs every night 
Stocks under $10, small options chains, fundamentally terrible businesses, and Reddit has expressed interest. Then we'll just create an ETF and walk away into the sunset. And if it sounds too good to be true, just consider the story of Tesla calls and remember that you know, they climbed a, a wall of worry all the way up. So I don't know where this ends, but I don't think that this is by any means, you know, the, the end of it. And so it doesn't mean you can't, you know, lose your shirt uh, getting in the wrong thing at the wrong time, but there is a new GameStop to be born every day. So be ready to, to try and find the next one instead of being the, the bag holder who, who gets stuck at the end. As always, I mean, some terrific picks for, uh, for the listeners. I'm excited to take a look at some of these. Uh, any closing words before we wrap up today? Yeah, uh, might look like crypto is back on the menu here with Bitcoin having a nice rebound breaking the, the downtrend. If that can uh, sustain over 34,000, I think we might be able to see another move up. But it is fascinating to see that uh, with the ADD uh, of a lot of these uh, super speculative investors, Bitcoin is just sort of, not really done anything the last couple of days, but you know, since a lot of them think that GameStop trade is done, maybe they've they've gone back to playing the crypto uh, roulette. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Definitely, I will add my two cents. That uh, you heard me say it earlier, but Fang has been working for years. Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google. But you can't fade the fundamentals. Uh, to me, that's a continued great trade. People are looking the other way right now because of all the crazy things in the news. But yeah, I uh, I continue to love big tech. So that is my parting recommendation and i'm going to love big tech uh at a steep discount from where it is now so looking forward to that a dollar cost average in but uh yeah we may have it may uh, sell off a bit from here but we will see uh as all, i mean it's, there's never a dull moment in the 2021 market oh yeah and it's only going to get crazier so hopefully uh you know the world isn't on flames and you know the only thing that remains is gamestop after having swallowed up the universe as a a big sort of financial black hole all right buddy as always appreciate you doing this on short notice and it's been an honor and a pleasure pleasure all mine happy trading brother happy trading thanks for listening to hear more episodes of stock talking and read a blog with my latest trade recommendations market commentary and more visit postcoronastocks.com Thank you.